Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Learn From Gaming Podcast. Thank you for joining us as we dig into some of our favorite games and discuss what we can learn from them and just why we like them. For those out there counting, this is episode 14, and we're coming at you on December... Yeah, it's December 7th, 2017. I just had to check. My name is Chase Strollenberg, and I'm joined today <laughs> Stu by... Gritter. Stu Gritter. How are you today, Stu? Doing quite well today, Chase. How are you? Oh, I'm doing... I'm also doing well. You know what? Uh, it's getting closer to Christmas. I haven't done any shopping. Oh, that's good. Um, but I'm doing all right. It was I'm snowing right. today. It was the first actual proper snow that I saw yeah, today. the first... Can... Oh, I actually saw snow um, a few weeks ago. But that's neither here nor there. We live in Canada, and snow is not a rare thing. No. <laughs> Although it is getting rare with global warming. Um, woo! <laughs> well, yeah, we used to have white Halloweens. Now we don't even yeah. have white Christmases, so... Yeah, yeah, I know. It, yeah, the the snowiest days are in April, if that makes any sense. <laughs> that was last year. Last year we got yeah, it was slammed. Bon- just bonkers. Um, oh. Cool. So did you have anything off the top before I go into the mission statement for anybody who's new? Uh, no. No, I got nothing, nothing wonky. Okay. So then uh, for anybody who's approaching this podcast for the first time... Stu and I like to do a little thing where we, uh, well, here, I'm just going to say it. Okay, so the (laughs) podcast, the intent of this podcast is to explore the hobby of video games and playing video games as a whole. What we want to do is we want to try and find intrinsic educational value in games. Um, And it doesn't have to be like academic stuff. It doesn't have to be spelling. Uh, It doesn't have to be mathematics. Although it's cool when that does come up, especially when it comes up unexpected. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, generally we're looking at game design. We're looking at uh, even just social uh, stuff that you can pull out of a game that can be considered learning. So that is what we're doing. We're also trying to figure out why uh, we we feel the games are fun. Um, Not everything that we cover is contemporary. In fact, quite a bit of it goes back in time. But... uh, you know what? It we're trying to take you with us, maybe hit you with a nostalgia bomb or two, and uh, teach you a thing or two, because that's kind of what we're here for. So, um, how about we shift into what we learned this week? So, Stu, did you learn anything this week? No. Right. Well, <laughs> I did. I learned that. Um, <laughs> I love. It's, it's a shame so that you didn't right. learn anything new this yeah, week. No, yeah, it's okay. No. Um, and, uh, just before I, I actually throw in what I learned this week, I just want to let everybody out there listening know that Stu and I love tech and gaming news. So remember that if you want to pitch a story to us, uh, just, uh, send it to us at learnfromgamingpodcast at gmail.com. That's learnfromgamingpodcast at gmail.com. So Stu, here's what I learned today. I learned that if you're on Twitter, it's impossible to get away from the fact that Patreon changed the way that they changed charge people oh yeah um and the easiest way to explain this is through a metaphor when you go to a store and you use your debit card or your visa card to pay for something depending on the store sometimes they'll say hey you know there's an extra charge that goes with using your card and you'll just say okay and sometimes inside you think you know what that kind of sucks um, because most stores will cover their own fees. Um, usually they have enough overhead that that's not a big deal. Patreon has become the store that doesn't cover those fees. <laughs> so, uh, what used to happen is uh, the creators were actually covering the fees for you through the money that they were making. And now those fees have been flipped. And the patrons who pay 
the creators are now paying those fees. So there's uh, there's an increment that goes to Patreon, and so it's about five percent goes to Patreon, the company itself, and then the rest ninety five percent now goes to the uh, the creator. Um, now they've shown models of what it used to be. It was basically um, creators used to actually make about 80 to 88 percent and then they had to pay the rest in fees um so patreon is basically suggesting that they're doing this to be altruistic um but it looks like patreon is also charging a little bit more like almost like the fee has gone up a little bit um so really patreon's just getting more money um there are creators that are a little upset about this and basically anybody who's a patron is pretty pissed um i'm not sure if my math is accurate on this i'm i'm just working off of diagrams and news stories that i've uh looked at but that is my understanding of it and um i mean at the end of the day patreon is a company they're a corporation with capitalist motivations they're gonna try and make more money mm-hmm. like it's just it's what they That's do what they right? do I, I wonder if some of the, the backlash, I haven't looked closely at any of the numbers either, but I wonder if some of the backlash is about them dropping the fees, like dr- dropping, covering those fees, but then also cranking up their percentage a little bit at the same time and like hoping that people won't notice that. Yeah, and I think that the uh, that is what I believe is happening. Um, they're suggesting that there isn't actually a major change, um, but and that we are just paying the fees now instead of the uh, the creator. Yeah. But uh, I think they tried to sneak in a little extra because, I mean, That's when you flip they when you flip the yeah when you flip the model, um, if okay, when you flip the model, all right. Uh, creators used to get 88 to 80% of the amount that was getting paid. Now they're getting 95. There, there was a discrepancy, but like, I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it seems, it seems like now you're actually paying less for the service, but you're actually paying more. Like the patron is actually paying more. The yeah. person who is coming. Yeah. Um, anyway. Uh, what we have learned today is that Chase is bad at math. <laughs> so, and so is the internet, I guess. Um, but uh, that's what I learned. Other than that, I don't really have a whole lot to say. Um, so then I, I guess, yeah, uh, yeah I, I didn't really hit another uh, any like news articles that really hit me. It's just like it's end of the year stuff. The Game Awards is happening right now. Yeah. Um, otherwise. Yeah, there's not a. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah. So sorry, guys. Also, if you want us it, to talk about stuff, send it in. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's yeah. kind of a slow. T- like normally, this is when we would see. Maybe over the next couple of weeks, we'll see a bunch more releases. Like it used to be a hot time for releases, but uh, I've, it's because like, all the big stuff's already out. already out this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. It's, yeah, well, I mean, it's because most of it they try to get it out by Black Friday, right? Yeah. Um, and now, like, honestly, uh, this is not the year to be complaining that there's no good games. Uh, like, <laughs> and you turn the wrong way and you encounter a game that you want to play. Yeah, that's um, very true. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, well, hey, you know what? Maybe let's just uh, jump right into games. Do you want to do your game first or shall I? Um, why don't you for a change? 
What are you talking about? I did my game first <laughs> last time, but I will gladly talk about my game first right. this time. Fantastic. Okay, so everybody, we're switching into the next section. This section is called What We Learned From Gaming, and it is the name of the podcast. So now it's what you've all been waiting for. This is the section of the show where we pick a game that we've played and describe what we learned from it. So, Stu, my game today is Snipperclips. Have yeah. you ever heard of this game? I had heard of it. I don't know anything about it. Okay, so let's uh, let's get into the nitty-gritty. So, Snipperclips was designed by Adam Vian, I think, um, and published by Nintendo. So, the, I looked into the history of this game, and it actually looks kind of like a family joint, almost an independent kind of thing. Hmm. It is published by Nintendo, but it looks like uh, indie game Roots. Uh, so maybe Nintendo will uh, like own the license to it from now moving forward. And let me tell you, like it's a pretty cool property. Um, it was published March third, two thousand seventeen. Uh, genre type is uh, co-op puzzling game. Um, and uh, yeah, so anybody who hasn't seen this game yet, I encourage you to go watch a video of it to sort of get an idea for it. There's uh, some good videos that actually just show the tutorial, like the the starting of the game which actually teaches you the mechanics of the game very quickly and efficiently um, and then you just jump right into the puzzles um, so I mean the main concept of the game is that you use your characters to interact on a 2d plane with each other and the environment to solve the puzzle or achieve the goal of the level mechanics include cutting into each other's bodies like you're shaped uh, you're basically like the end of a pencil like an eraser so you've got a round edge and a flat edge, and you can move your body around like you can rotate it. Um, and you can push a button to actually snip. So you just snip off a part of uh, somebody's body, um, sure. depending on how your body is overlapping theirs. And this can be used in a number of different ways. Um, plus, you can also grow your, your cut-up parts back. And like it's not it's not visceral. It's not violent. It's just... It's you hear a little snip and then like part of your body falls off. Sometimes you smile while it happens. Like it's <laughs> it's kind of like a it's a unsettling. really yeah. Like to just make it clear, this game is super cutesy. Like it's yeah. uh, it is G rated. Um, nothing scary or violent really happens. Um, but uh, yeah, you, you cut into each other's bodies uh, to basically make different shapes as required by the level. Um, and then you can also grow your body back. Anything that gets cut off, you can grow back by pushing a button. Um, so, uh, you, you also engage with objects in the level so you can move, push things. Um, you can jump on things and you can jump on each other. So there's a lot of flexibility with your abilities. Does it require co-op? Um, you can have the AI play. I have never played it solo because every time I turn this game on and somebody else is in the room, they, they want to play, play it. it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like, uh, so just, to, just to clean things up, it's released by Nintendo right now. It's on the switch. Um, you can use, I think it has up to four player co-op. There might even be a versus mode. I haven't played it. We've just played the co-op mode and we haven't been able to finish it yet. Cause there's some pretty challenging stuff as you get deeper in. Nice. Um, 
So let's talk about some of the educational concepts that you can pull out of this game. One thing you need in this game is imagination. Another thing you need is adaptability. You need to be able to solve problems and you need to be observant. So let's go through each one. Uh, you need to use your imagination so that you can try and figure out exactly what shapes you might want to cut yourselves into or how you might want to use your body to uh, solve the solve the puzzle that you're in. Now I'm going to jump to the end. Observation. You need to be very observant when you go into each level. I mean each level it's just the screen. So like um, imagine like the, the TV screen or whatever screen it is that you're playing on. Like that's the area. There's no scrolling further to the left or, or to the right. It's just whatever's in there. Sometimes when you choose the level you're about to play there's an image um, and that just sort of loosely tells you what you're supposed to be doing in that level. Sometimes you'll see an arrow or something in the level that's showing you that you, or an image in, in the level that's showing you what you have to do. A really good example is my brother and I, and this is an, an example of not being observant. My brother and I, um, got into a level and there were three balloons. One was tied to the ground and two were floating free in the air. Um, all we knew going in was that it was going to be balloons because we could see balloons. What we didn't notice going in was there was an image of a balloon popping. So <laughs> what we did is we spent 20 minutes trying to catch the balloons in the air, making ourselves into different shapes like cups and stuff to try and drag them down. <laughs> and we did it. Like we successfully yeah. got them down and then we're like holding them against the ground with the one that's tied down and nothing's happening. Yeah. The level's not being won, like nothing's happening. And I'm just like, what the what fuck are we supposed on? to do? Yeah, like what are we supposed to do in this level? And then I'm just like, oh, Aaron, I think I know what we got to do. Um, and he, like I said, cut me into a pointy shape. And he said, okay. And then I just like rammed the one that was stuck to the ground. And then we had to bring the other ones back down and pop them. And then we won the level. Um, but that's, that's an example. Like if you're yeah, not observant, yeah, yeah. you'll get into a level and you won't know exactly what it is you're supposed to do. Um, so then the next thing is adaptability. Uh, you need mm -hmm. to think on your feet. You need to be able to use your mutable body to adapt to whatever challenge, uh, exists in the game. Um, and I mean, problem solving just covers all of this, right? You need to figure out what the problem is or what the puzzle is and then solve it. Um, but the adaptability, like some of the things that I get you to do. So like one was the, the like, um, burst balloons, which doesn't sound that complicated until you, until you think about the fact that it took us 20 minutes two full grown men, 20 minutes to figure out we were supposed to pop those balloons, not drag them to the ground. Um, but uh, just figuring out how to get an object from one place to the other, there's all kinds of different um, puzzles. There was one where there were these little uh, fireflies that were afraid to fly through water, um, and the water was being released from this uh, this flange up at the top. Um, and every time too much of the the liquid would squirt out, the 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 flange would shut, and the liquid would stop. Um, and my, uh, Catherine and I, we were actually playing the game and we were trying to figure out, okay, well, how can we make ourselves into umbrellas to stop this liquid, um, and just protect these, these fireflies from going on. But what I ended up thinking as we wasted about five minutes doing that, I was just like, okay, well, if we can contain enough of that fluid, it'll stop flowing. And then we can just let the, the creatures fly by. So then I got Catherine to start cutting into my center 
and basically hollowed me out. Mm. And then what I did is I flipped my body around, got on top of her and cut the inside of her out. And we caught, we caught enough of the liquid that it stopped coming out. Um, cause I, I guess there can only be so much liquid that gets released from that, that thing. And it actually had a meter that went down as the liquid got released and the, the creatures, the, uh, the fireflies, uh, flew by, but it took a little while to figure out that that's what needed to happen. Um, and it was only because I, I noticed that the meter was going down. Um, now there is just so much going on in the in this game like it every single every single different level i mean they're they're kind of they start out kind of simple but then they get really complex um or at least the you have to really start using your brain to figure out the solutions for them so um i mean in terms of pros this game encourages you to work together with a partner um sometimes you <laughs> You don't work so well together uh, to solve increasingly difficult puzzles or missions uh, with the resources that you have in the level, primarily or primarily your your mutable bodies. Um, now, some of the cons, um, some of the cons are uh, the instructions in the game are literally images uh they're not yeah. going to tell you what to do there's no words that pop up in the game it, there's almost this is an awesome game for that there's almost no language no language in everything it, yeah. that you do it's it's completely visually based so i'm i'm sorry to deaf people this is not a game for you um but uh yeah it's it's interesting because it's almost like the, the the visual aids are universal um when they work uh but I don't know if that is a con. I guess it is. Like each level has a picture or image. I um, mean, you just have to sort of guess at what the goal is uh, based <laughs> on the map. Yeah. Um, and sometimes you can spend a lot of time. Uh, the balloons are the best example, although we had done other things in other levels. Uh, the like you spend a lot of time assuming what you think the goal is, and it may and not. It be. might not be. A, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, in terms of a co-op game, basically what happened is I asked, uh, I asked a community, Hey, what are some good co-op games for switch? Cause I knew my brother was coming over and, uh, they, they threw out a bunch of different games. There was like Rayman legends, there yeah. was snipper clips. Um, some people said you can play Odyssey multiplayer and I was just like, okay, cool. So I took all this stuff down and we spent the most time with this cutesy little kid like yeah. puzzler game like and we loved it we were like swearing at each other <laughs> um we were just like i'd be like you you know like we would say horrible horrible things to each yeah. other as we we're trying to solve this kid's puzzle like game. you do when you're playing a kid's puzzle game yeah yeah <laughs> and it was it was awesome yeah. like it was a really really good experience um and it, it like it forced us out of our comfort zone because we're like we're two guys who play every other game but this um, in fact, I can't remember the last time I encountered anything quite like this game. So, um, yeah, just really exercising my brain, uh, playing that game with my brother. And it was good cause it was social. Like it was, it, it yeah. this isn't a game, like this is a game you can play by yourself, but man, it's meant to be played with another person and it's obvious. Yeah. Uh, I was really, 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 really surprised by it and impressed by it so um if anybody's got a switch out there like it's it's not like triple a value it's down in like the 20s so just throw a bit of money at it it's got an expansion now which i don't have time to touch yet like i haven't <laughs> even got through the full game yeah um but yeah they uh like really really impressed it's like a refreshing new style of game 
played that I had never encountered before. Have you have you ever played anything like this? I was going to bring up two different games. Okay. Actually, um, one of them, I guess, the more recent of the two would be Scribble Knots. Oh, Scribble Knots was great. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. And I feel like some of the puzzle solving might be in the same vein, where instead of I having a shape and cutting Knots. it out, it's Scribble Knots is. That's the one where you type in whatever and it creates that object for you, right? Yeah, I really enjoyed so, that game a lot. So th- I think the the style of puzzle solving in terms of, you know, you have this canvas, do what you will. You know, you, your imagination is like really your only tool to try and resolve things. Yeah, I guess that, um, that. I wonder if I still have that. I'm, I don't want to see if no. I still have Scribble Knots on my uh, Steam library. But I believe Scribble Knots is only single player, so that's one aspect yeah. of it. The yep. other, the other game I was going to bring up is uh, the Incredible Machine. Never played that. What's that like? Oh, really? Yeah, I'm oh, not kidding. Okay, I'm not the Incredible Incredible Machine is like an old DOS or Windows game where, like, the objective there. Are, I don't know, a hundred different levels. Every level is a different puzzle with an objective like pop the balloon or scare the mouse in the cage or something like that. And you're given, yeah. it's like a physics engine. Okay. So you're given a bowling ball and a couple ramps and uh, an engine with a gear. And you have to like, it's like creating Rube Goldberg machines. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So it's, that's awesome, it's a, actually. It, it, that's a cool concept. Yeah, it's the same kind of like weird puzzle solving, but you're given a, a much more limited set of tools uh, to use to accomplish your goals. Okay. Yeah, that uh, there are actually a few levels that play like that uh, in Snipper Clips. Like there's things that when you do it, it causes a chain reaction. Um, mm-hmm. the, the, the advantage is every single level basically resets itself. So if you screw stuff up really bad, um, yeah. like give it a few seconds everything's back to normal yeah um so you aren't like left languishing in a room that you can't possibly win in uh which is nice because like uh those those end states are like that's a sierra style adventure game right there yeah yeah and we'll get to that someday yeah well we might get to that today um well well, no i guess well we'll we'll, we'll see we'll see email email we'll see Um, so yeah, man, that's, that's really it for me. Uh, snipper clips, like, uh, cutesy Nintendo switch game, uh, that encourages co-op play and is just, uh, really, really exercise the brain, like two 30 th- something guys <laughs> screaming at each other. Also, my, my wife really enjoyed it. Like she saw my brother and I playing it and she got excited to play. I want to swear at you too. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> she just no she liked the concept and what yeah, was funny yeah. is when she started playing she said it looked easier than i thought it would be oh um that's that's actually really really hard to achieve to to create something that's uh appealing even just from a room away that looks really really approachable but then becomes challenging as soon as you're into it that's that's really, yeah that's really difficult to uh to design yeah, it was uh, it was interesting. It was uh, when she said that I was just like, oh, that is you know. Um, but yeah, she, point, uh, yeah. Um, and she enjoyed it. She enjoyed playing it as well. Uh, it's just uh, you know, we were on a limited time mm-hmm. timeline with the baby, so we only got to play so much. Um, but yeah, yeah, dug that game. So what are you covering? Ha! Huh. I am also covering a puzzle-ish game. 
that's cool that's actually really cool yeah um it's a little bit different it's also a social experience <laughs> it's called keep talking and nobody explodes okay yeah so this is meant to be played with at least two people one player is controlling uh your pc the actual game and everyone else has a manual so the person controlling the computer is trying their their simulation is that you're in a room with a bomb and you have you know three minutes or five minutes to disarm this bomb but it's just got puzzles on every side and there's nothing on the bomb that helps you disarm the bomb your friends your one to you know six other people that are playing with you have bomb disarming manuals so it turns into this thing where one you know the person with the bomb says there's a panel here that has six words on it what do i do and someone has to say okay well that looks like puzzle style number three with these buttons on them uh tell Mm. me what words are there i need to know what words there are so you start reading the words out um apple there there the that there and the theirs can be there or there or there there could be and it turns into a massive confusion of communication between people because the people with the manuals aren't allowed to look at the bomb and the people the person with the bomb can't look at the manual So, (laughs) so it's this game of telephone yeah to try and solve like do tricksy puzzle solving I feel like there's a VR version of this too, so that you can't yeah. actually cheat. Yeah, there, there, there is. Like they, they released the game normally, and then I think they eventually did a VR version of it. Yeah. So not only are you trying to solve these puzzles, but then it turns into a thing where there could be, you know, six different panels, six different small puzzles that you have to solve to disarm this bomb, and one of them, wow. and one of them will have something that resets every thirty seconds. <laughs> So you have <laughs> to sucks. so you have to micromanage the stuff and you, and the person with the bomb has to you know instantly decide okay I need to get somebody solving this one and somebody solving this one and somebody solving this one and you're trying to like juggle when people have solutions get them in and push the right buttons on the bomb and then delegate something else to them and at the same time, like the bomb itself is doing things that you have to manage. Sometimes, like the lights in the room go out, so you can't see the bomb anymore. So wow. somebody's, you know, so you give somebody some information, and now the people with the manuals are saying, "Okay, these are six different symbols or something." Um, I need to know how many batteries there are in the bomb. But if you don't tell them that, or they don't know, or you, like, it just they do a lot to obfuscate and make the communication between players more difficult a by introducing this urgency of everybody needing information at the same time so people are talking over each other also it's not just one-way communication it is when the person with the bomb is delivering information to somebody it might not actually be complete information it might be wrong there are puzzles that are there are puzzles that <laughs> are symbols. That's devious. That is devious. Well, well like yeah. they're there, there, the different words. Yeah. You know, how, how do you, you have to distinguish between those. Some of the puzzles involve symbols. 
Well, when you're playing with people, you do eventually come up with specific uh, phrases for some of these symbols, like the spider with the shield. But before you've come across this image, before you've made that association, you're going, it looks like uh, a sideways three and a thing on it, like a sideways three with a J coming out of its face. Like, <laughs> and there's nobody knows what you're talking about then. Yeah. It's just, yeah. It's, it's utter confusion. That given not only a time limit, but if you say do three things wrong, you lose. Uh, yeah. There's, there's a lot of urgency to get everything right, but you have to get everything right quickly. And the game scales up that difficulty pretty quickly. It gets to the point where you're also uh, trying to solve two bombs at once, which is a good time. Oh my god! <laughs> or, oh my god! Or that—that that sounds stressful. It's—it's it's really fun. It—it's—it's it's neat because it's something that only one person has to own the game to play. Right. Because only one person is actively doing the disarming. Everybody else, you can just get a PDF online for the. The, the clues of how to disarm the bombs. Okay, yeah. So that that ends up being really, really, really interesting. Um, strictly puzzle based, like that's that's it. It's uh, okay. it's super super confusing. It's fun to get into. It's chaotic. I've played it both online and in person, and they're okay. and they're both hysterical. And when people make mistakes, it is fantastic. It's the funniest shit in the world because <laughs> when you're sitting around a table and like uh, and like somebody gets something wrong you know and they're yeah. and they're there and everyone is close enough to throw shit at them it is it's great <laughs> <laughs> oh that's yeah oh it's it, yeah i've i've heard actually i have heard of this game before i'd heard that it was a good time but i uh never never had a chance to play it um i'm assuming you own it i do yes is it available on Steam? Like, where where can you get this game? Yep, it is available on Steam. Okay, nice. Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> sort of skipped the uh, where you could find it. Uh, yeah, it, and things, it, it came out just a couple years ago. Yeah, 2015. Okay, cool. Very, very cool. Um, it is presently available on Windows and Android and OS X and PlayStation 4. Uh, we should actually put a link uh, to the bomb defusal manual so that people can see and get a bit of an idea what the puzzles look like and what yeah for sure and it's i can put that in the yeah, show notes it's it's fascinating some of them are <laughs> oh some of them are so good oh uh, wow okay um are are there any cons to this game once the communication side of things has leveled out yeah certain puzzles I think the biggest critique of it is that some of the puzzles then become more like chores. It's kind of like the the puzzles are fascinating when when you're getting to learn them. But once you if you've played the game a lot with people, I haven't gotten to this point with anyone, but if you played the game a lot with people with the same people, certain puzzles like you'll know this player is really good at solving this kind of puzzle. So you delegate that to them and they get it back to you and it be, and it becomes it it's debatable whether or not that kind of uh greased lightning clockwork is supposed to be the epitome of the game or if that's actually the the lowest part where once the the challenge is kind of overcome 
and it's just becomes chore like and a little bit of a like a a monotonous chore grind i don't really know how else to say it then i, then that I know can what kind you mean. of like the the puzzle is solved kind of thing yeah yeah um i think honestly i, I feel like snipper clips could fall into that category as well if um say you and another person who has already played the game are going through all of the puzzles like the puzzles for snipper clips don't change right they are the same puzzles going in so if you know what you're doing um you can solve them really really quickly mm-hmm. um i think that that would result in burnout it's sort of one of those things that once you've played it you want to always I, I mean I, I enjoyed playing it a second time with somebody different yeah yeah. Um, and I think the best way to play that game is to just not let people know how to solve the puzzles and let them work it out. Um, and that could be an option. Or if you are playing uh, playing your bomb game, then just start delegating the people who are weak at something that task. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that, that, would, as, that would just and, keep things fresh. The, like the bombs are still randomized and you can change yeah. up how much time you have and how many strikes you can do. Like if something is a little bit facile, then yeah, you can just intensify the experience for yourself by just reining in the actual mechanical <laughs> mechanical side of it. Yeah, the complexity. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Um, hmm. and, yeah, and then, so, and then I, taking turns being the person doing the disarming. That's the one nice thing about we did it once with a, a laptop yeah so it was easy enough like, like and doing it in person so then the the different styles that people have and just the different experience of being the dude with the manual versus the dude with the game with the bomb is like a it's an interesting very very different experience yeah no doubt um that uh it's weird. Like these games share a lot of similarities. I feel like in the long run, your game is more replayable. Um, I mean, don't quote me on that. I have not spent nearly enough time with snipper clips, but uh, it sounds like the randomization for the bomb and also being able to alter the parameters uh, is a big deal. And also being able to switch from being the person playing the game to the person with the manual. I mean, I know the manual is part of the game, but that's uh yeah, a lot of flexibility. Yeah, it's neat. Um, Super. Very neat. very cool. Very cool. Um, that was two like surprising games that people may not have even played yeah. or heard of. Yeah. Um. So I I mean I'm interested in the game you've described. That sounds like it would be a sick party game. Like oh, uh, yes. I mean small party. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But but still it's it's fascinating to watch. Yeah. So. <laughs> It's, no doubt. It's really neat. Oh, and it's great to heckle, too. Oh, dear. I mean, when people are oh, trying to Stu. concentrate on, like, solving mazes or talking about there, 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 it's, yeah. uh, it's great. It's great. Okay, well, good. Uh, <laughs> we're learning a lot about you in a short period of time. Um, <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, did you have anything else to say about it, or should we start shifting into the oh. next section? Uh, I think we covered all the pros in terms of cons. I think, yeah, I think we've, I think that's really the biggest con about it. I guess in terms of takeaways, it's the educational side would be that management of time of diff- different different priorities, yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
communication and getting communication down really tight with the team. Like to, to progress and to do the hardest stuff, you have to be a, like a solid group of people that have very strict priorities and really understand everything. It's, it's a management it's, simulator. It's, it's, it's really, really neat. Yeah, <laughs> that's, for that. That's actually... It is, yeah, it is in, that, in that sense. It, it really would be. Yeah, um, that's, uh, that's cool. Uh, you don't always encounter those or you don't always realize that that's what's going on. Yeah. Um, but that's, uh, that's something, uh, you don't see a lot of, but, um, that sounds really cool. And it's, it's interesting too, because it's not just a a resource manager. It's, it actually is a people manager. So with your team of people, you can, you can say, you know, the first thing I'm going to do is read out the number of batteries I see. You know, I'm going to assign a couple puzzles, but read out the number of batteries and what words there are and if there are any lights or anything like that. And yeah. and you can assign, some teams will assign that information to people. So on top of whatever puzzle you're getting, if you hear the dude with the bomb shout out three batteries, you have to note that down somewhere yeah. while you're in the middle of solving your other crazy crap. <laughs> <laughs> so, nice. so, so, th- oh. so that kind of assignation of tasks as well, um, it, it, yeah, it just it helps you become a better team player by going through all of that and understanding the people that you're with and their strengths and whatever and blah blah blah. So yeah. that, that's that's interesting too. Oh, man. there's a lot. A lot it's, it's a lot of swearing. It's swear a lot of team a lot. building. So yeah. by necessity, yes, a lot of swearing. <laughs> I would swear a lot. Um, I can already imagine. Okay, well, man, that it's is a ton of fun. that is a I really hi- neat game. Yeah, I, I I can highly, highly, highly recommend it. Yeah, and it's probably not that expensive on Steam. No, no, it's not. And probably also not that expensive on PlayStation. Like 4, new, so. get, like New Year's is coming up. Yeah. If you aren't sure what anyone's going to be doing at this lame New Year's party that you're going to, pick this up. Give it a shot. That's and, not. And that's not direct. That's not directed at you specifically, Chase. Oh, and the- Stu, it's okay. We had a baby. Like we're not gonna have a pop in good time for New Year's. We're gonna probably go to bed before twelve o'clock. So yeah, uh, we did last year, hoping, and it's not yeah. a big deal. It's, it's, yeah, I was just, gonna say, you know, yeah, your parent. I'll text you at ten and see if you're still up. <laughs> hey, I appreciate it. it. Means a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, I will text back. Thanks. Yeah, I, I was sleeping. Probably, probably at 3 a.m., yeah. Oh, there you go. Um, actually, yeah, that's about when the baby wakes yeah, up right now. Yeah. Um, cool. So then um, yeah. I guess we can probably shift into the next section, which is kind of exciting. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, let's shift into what you can teach us. So Stu and I love talking about video games, but we also really enjoy hearing from you. If you feel like you have a valuable lesson you learned from gaming, please feel free to share it with us at learnfromgamingpodcast at gmail.com. That's learnfromgamingpodcast at gmail.com. So we got two emails today, Stu. We got two of them. We do. We, um, we do. So we do. We do. We do. We uh, so we do. here, let's take we a does. look. Let's look at what we got. Please do. I've got. The title is a question and loot crates. Um, so two different emails, two different titles. Uh, do you want me to jump into Dan's first, or do you want to do Jeff's? Um, why don't you jump into Dan's? Because I just talked about bombs for a while. All right. So just give me one second. And if there's anything mm. that's close to bombs, it's loot crates. So we'll deal with that. Oh, yeah. Fair enough. And just a quick note before we get into this email. 
this note is actually being edited in after the fact. We had some technical issues and we lost a chunk of the recording of this episode, so it's only going to feature one email. Uh, we apologize for that and we reply to the other email in the next episode. So uh, thanks again for listening and now back to your regularly scheduled programming. Okay, so from friend of the show, Dan Murray, and he he gave his full name so I can say it out loud. Um, so, hey, Chase and Stu, in keeping with the theme of the show, there are a couple of games I'd love to hear some discussion on, namely LucasArts Loom and Jonathan Blows the Witness. Both games have shown a remarkable elegance in maintaining a theme of learning from start to finish. Though I, can, I can't speak for the Witness... Uh, as I've yet to finish it. I think you would be among many. Uh, <laughs> uh, but both function by learning through observation. No, I'm just, I know that the puzzles get harder in The Witness. I'm not saying that nobody played it. Um, Loom was, uh, Loom has world elements. Sorry, I didn't mean to diss that game. I haven't even played it. I know it's supposed to be beautiful and fun. I just haven't played it. Uh, Loom was, Jesus. Fair. Uh, Loom was world (laughs) elements. Well, fuck, I'm fucking it up. Uh, Loom has world elements uh, doing simple actions, which resonate as music when observed. That music becomes a spell that can mimic said actions, uh, fill, die, twist, etc. Um, and upon and die is D Y E, so like change color. Yeah, yeah. Uh, upon further observation, you learn that playing uh, you learn that playing those spells in reverse does the opposite action. This is the enti- uh, this is the entirety of the game and and its puzzles, changing reality by observing and mastering its laws. On top of that, it grants a unique kind of adventure in which the hero is allowed to be gentle, afraid, uncertain. He is allowed to express sadness when faced with death. He is, in essence, the polar opposite of Duke Nukem um, and remains just as effective, which is a nice change of pace. Um, (laughs) The Witness, on the other hand, relies entirely on you, the player's observations and deductions. Uh, you are given puzzles with distinct shapes and patterns. As the game progresses, these puzzles grow in complexity, adding new elements that you must decipher how to operate. But beyond this, the shapes uh, blah, 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 the shapes and style of these puzzles become so ingrained in your mind, you begin to see them in the world itself, outside of the puzzle boxes. Some areas from the right perspective, or uh, some areas from the right perspective angle, contain an interactive puzzle built into the landscape that will open some of the mysteries of the island you're on. It's like the next logical step in Mist, but without the weird plot and goofy FMV scenes. But man, imagine if there were FMV scenes <laughs> in the witness. Um, so I'd love to hear if either of you have had any experience with these games and what your thoughts have been, or if there are any other games that are centered on learning without presenting an educational game. I'm looking at you, number munchers. Uh, thanks a lot, Dan Murray. Okay, so we had a little bit of recording difficulty there. No big deal, but uh, <laughs> this is actually weeks later. So we um, let's answer this question as best as we can. This episode is going to be a little bit shorter because of that. Um, but uh, yeah, let's just get right to it. So the really the crux of what Dan is asking is, have we ever played 
games like Loom or uh, Jonathan Blows the Witness or anything else that was centered around learning without presenting itself as an educational game. So I've never played Loom. I've never played Witness. Um, I've played Braid. Yeah, and, uh, and Braid is the, Braid was an interesting, like slow exploration of the specific mechanics that were being used. So that was neat. Yeah. Um, but I don't think quite the same as uh, like I did play Loom. And it was it was based around, you know, observing things and pulling things from the world to use or do them backwards later. So it was you had to kind of learn about the world and move figure stuff out based off the clues and the hints that were given to you. So you kind of had to learn things. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know what else. It was a really good game. It, like it was done with the scum engine, the, the right? age of yeah yeah. I th- I might have been a, a twist on the scum engine, but I remember we got it at the same time as the original Curse Monkey Island and one Ooh. one of the Indiana Jones point and clicks. Oh, that's actually yeah, that's really cool. So like the height of uh, yeah. Lucas Adventure. Yeah. So it yeah it was it was good. Okay, so now, uh, uh, I mean, aside from saying it's good, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> are, yeah, what other, like, I'm just trying to think, For I, I mean, for me and for us, the focus of this podcast entirely is to just try and find um, learning in gaming as a whole, and, and so then, like, my, my cheap out response would be that uh there are you know there are methods and there are instances in every game where you have to learn to to improve i think older games that's especially true it's uh, you get away with yeah. a lot now for for newer games i mean the difficulty curve is starting to spike again as uh people our age start getting involved heavily in developing um stuff but, like dark uh, souls right yeah. like w- where you have to learn the game itself you ha- yes, you have to start to recognize patterns and uh, and respond to them very much like old school games, uh, where you had to recognize the movements of uh, of an enemy and then and then respond to it. Now, what's interesting is you don't realize how significant that is and what exactly that is training you for, but like you end up using that so often in in games that it becomes almost automatic. Like it's just a skill that once you have it, you know how to do it. Um, I'm trying to think of if there's a way that that sort of skill transfers into real life, but unfortunately (laughs) it's been a long week. (laughs) So um, yeah, Yeah. I I don't have a good example of that, but like I just, there are hundreds of games that actually demand that of you. Um, I mean, risk of rain would be a good example. Probably. I bet you, you encounter creatures that have similar uh, movements and methods and you just, you have to figure out how to deal with them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think uh, an example that did just come to me though, um, is, uh, where in the world's Carmen San Diego? Oh, snap. Good call. Okay. So it's, it doesn't, it was one of those th- games that was, you did learn from it. You did have to learn, you know, history or geography or whatever. Yes, but it was but, it was also problem solving, which was really really cool, right? It was yeah. trying to trying to put together the pieces of a puzzle through narrative, by the way, which is really awesome. I always enjoyed that um, to catch the criminal, whoever the criminal was. 
and there was enough in the the other problem solving that it wasn't just history or geography or that kind of thing it, it there actually was more to it so it was yeah yeah it, it, it didn't present itself the way like math blasters did right yeah it, and that was interesting like i remember because i've played a few iterations of carmen san diego there was a where in time um yeah but also like i think where in the world but i think i, I only played the where in the united states as carmen san diego oh. if that's a game oh it's the same thing um so you know there would be references like uh references to uh different american states that would get divulged uh from from individuals yeah wasn't there also a mechanic in those games where like there were a few witnesses that were untrustworthy and you had to decide whether or not you took all of the information probably okay i I, I don't know i i didn't really play them very much okay i'm I'm more Um, aware of them (laughs) yeah i think i played Mo- Carmen San Diego most on the Sega Master System, which is a mm. really weird way to play it, but yeah. that's just where we had it. Oh, fair um, enough. Yeah. Okay. Uh, other learning, other learning stuff. I mean, like this episode dealt with keep talking and nobody explodes. That it, there's a lot of learning in that. Yeah, and <laughs> I mean, same thing. Yeah, uh, same thing with snipper clips. I, I'm uh, like snipper clips. It's just like learn like learn on your feet, yeah. figure out what you can do with your mutable body and respond to whatever puzzle it is that's been put in front of you. Um, that And that's, I, so I mean, I guess this is a very timely <laughs> question for yeah. us. Yeah. It's just hard to accurately talk about it weeks later. <laughs> well, so it, it's, we're doing all right. It's just difficult to, not a lot of games have been, I mean, I think it is a, a gap in, current game libraries where there aren't a lot of games that are really educational like but that aren't in that edutainment vein yeah you know well, what about walking simulators so uh huh. i'm just i'm trying to think like uh without saying the one that's coming to mind fastest um okay mm-hmm. so stuff like uh stuff like into the woods firewatch uh tacoma uh ju- junk Everybody like that and journey, i say junk yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, and I don't mean like, you know, junk junk. I'm just like that sort of experience um, because what you're learning from that, like you might only be able to get one or two playthroughs from those games, but Mm -hmm. what you're learning from that is like an intended uh, curated narrative, right? Uh, An experience um, in the same way that Telltale uh, pro- provides like uh, these stories. Yeah. I mean, what you are learning is a narrative uh, carefully laid out for you. I'm not really convinced that. Well, I mean, in Telltale, there's a you, there's certain decisions you can make that have ramifications later on in each episode. But uh, um, I don't know. It's I, uh, <laughs> what about what about games that I. A lot of people lately have been playing that uh, Getting Over It with Bennett Foddy. Okay. Uh, I haven't heard of it, but uh, what is it? It's in, it's like Quop, but for your mouse. And it okay. it's excruciatingly frustrating to play. <laughs> okay, great. So there are also games like that that kind of force you to deal with you. <laughs> you know, it's, it's not <laughs> your own personal limitations. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and your own frustrations and your emotional limits frankly and so that i don't know does does that does that count as 
being educational because like you said most games now are very player friendly they're very approachable they're very forgiving and then every now and then you get one where no the the mechanics the controls are simple they might not always do exactly what you want all of the time but that's because of you <laughs> yeah you know so yeah I, yeah yeah i, and, I understand and like there's there's nothing there's no little give of auto aim because it's an fps and gosh darn it you were just so close to clicking on the guy's head you know there's nothing like that there's no rubber banding it's it's you and your mouse and you're doing it wrong for a half an hour until you <laughs> fling your mouse across the room <laughs> very nice um yeah i mean again i'm just uh i'm stuck in the oh. trap of uh we are literally doing a podcast about uh finding the intrinsic educational value for any game we can really think of uh so like i just right now in my head i'm just stuck in that so i'm just seeing mm-hmm. potential and everything yeah, yeah um uh but that that's my that's my fault that's <laughs> my fault i think it's great that uh dan thank you for for writing in and uh providing us with the email yeah. and i'm sorry i didn't play either of those games i knew about loom and i know about witness and yeah. i i know the witness is supposed to be like just this puzzle that unravels beautifully into other more complicated puzzles um i've just i definitely didn't have time to approach it in the mm-hmm. last couple of years when it came out so yeah, that's um, fair i i've just been go ahead sorry i was just gonna say i would i know you didn't play the loom either i would i do actually recommend it it is a, a short game as yeah. well it it is it is short and it is fun and it is i don't know it does have oh like a wholesome earnest honest appeal to it that we don't see a lot of anymore either it's okay. neat it's it's neat i don't know it's it's good it's a good good experience cool 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 cool, cool. Yeah. um okay well i think we might be spent for this question yeah so um I'm gonna I'm gonna say maybe we just shift into the next sections, which are gonna be a little brief. So sorry, uh, sorry everybody if this is a bit of a shorter episode, but uh, recording difficulties will do that. So um, the what we've been playing section uh, in my notes it says that I played Ultra Moon and Snipper Clips. I believe we talked about Snipper Clips for this episode for me mm-hmm. and Ultra Moon. What I was doing was I was just. Uh, trying to win that game and i haven't done that yet because switch took over my life and we'll talk about <laughs> that in a later episode um yeah. what did you want to touch on anything quick for what you were playing did, did you have any notes in front of uh, you still or? oh i i know those notes i don't have anymore so i had probably we had probably done uh maybe some smite yeah probably smite. would be Save would that. be my guy a little bit of smite or uh, i don't know yeah. i don't know i couldn't tell you okay but no, that's hooray. fair. That's fair. Yeah, hooray <laughs> for games. Okay, so then let's close off. So thank you for taking the time to listen to us. And as always, we hope you enjoyed yourselves. Yeah. Again, sorry for the short episode. Uh, Stu, did you have anything to plug quick before we go? Um, just all the games that we talked about this episode because most of them were good. <laughs> awesome so there um yeah well i'm gonna thank i'm gonna thank dan very much for his email um i'm also gonna say that i was recently on an episode of gaming history x it's episode 20 
uh, feel free to go check that out. It's actually got my name in the title, Bunny Chase, even though it's I it's, it's about you, yeah. yeah, for sure. <laughs> I saw your costume. I don't know why you um, wore that when you were recording, but you know, just strange things, yeah. strange things done in the midnight sun. Um, mm. And I would uh, I would also like to recommend Jedi Council or Council Council. Mm. Fuck, there I we go. Mess this yep. up. Also, I would also like to say the podcast name without swearing, <laughs> but I guess I can't do it. Uh, their Stranger Things coverage was awesome. I also mm. recently listened to their um, their uh, Last Jedi coverage, which was really, really good. So, Brandon, Katie, keep up the good work. Love listening to your stuff. Encourage anybody else uh, who is interested in pop culture and mental health to, to check out that podcast. And that really is it. Um, so if you want to know more about Learn From Gaming Podcast, we've got all kinds of social media going on now. We've got Facebook, we've got Twitter, uh, we've got our website, www.learnfromgaming.com. And, uh, by the way, mm. we're on iTunes, so <gasps> rate us if you want. You yeah. don't have to, but it'd be cool to get an idea of how people feel about our <laughs> podcast. Also, we're now on, uh, we're now on google sound yeah google sound uh, it's actually really fun because now you can go up to a uh you, you can go up to one of those uh google homes and actually say okay google play learn from gaming podcast and, and it, it will, will play the latest episode that's, of this show that's so cool that's so, it's so cool fun. it's almost yeah, like google knows who we are it's so yeah, yeah. It's so close uh, yeah and uh that is it that mm-hmm. is it so again thanks for joining and tune back in soon. And Stu, do you have anything to say as we close? Uh, no, I, not no, not not right now. <laughs> ne- next time, next time, next time. All right. Well, everybody, have a great night. We will or s- day. Yeah, both. <laughs> both. Why Awkward. not both? Okay, we're done. Yeah. <laughs>